This is Self, a show dedicated to telling the stories of folks who are transforming their relationship to money and the world around them. And few people truly embody the builder spirit like today's guest, award-winning journalist, Imara Jones. In her vast career, from frozen yogurt expert to media executive, and now trans-lash nonprofit founder and podcast host, Imara has made active choices to put herself and her community first. And while each choice has come with its own set of sacrifices and financial challenges, her newfound ability to approach money from a space of abundance is something I think we can all learn from. I grew up in Atlanta and um, in Atlanta, Georgia. My entire family is um, from the South and the Southland. Mm. In our, where our house was, we had a backyard and then behind that backyard was like this woodland area that was kind of protected. And so I used to spend a lot of time in the woods. That was a really important outlet for me. I didn't have a sense that I could exist, you know? I didn't have a sense that um, I could be myself and that how I was feeling inside was real. Um, We're essentially talking about growing up in the 1980s Mm. um, in Atlanta. But what's fascinating is that when I talk to people who were also growing up in, let's say, the 2010s, they had a very similar experience, right? So that's really fascinating to me. Um, and that for all too many trans people, depending on where you live, that's still the case. Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the things um, that was really important to me was um, finding my validity through um, understanding who I was and that there were other people like me. Mm-hmm. You know, that was um, essential and uh, was a really long process. And I think what I really distinctly remember was me holding on to the reality that the way that people were interacting with me outside of myself as a trans person did not correspond Mm. with who I was or um, how I felt on the inside. I think you mentioning, you know, growing up and just dealing with identity and Mm. figuring out who you are, which I think, you know, in some way, shape and form, maybe everyone is trying to do at some point. How would you say that shaped, you know, you in your evolution of understanding how that related to career and, you know, making an income, getting a first job, if, you know, if you remember what your first job was and and how that evolved over time. Oh, my God. My first job was at Freshens <laughs> Yogurt. I very distinctly remember I would go to work after um, high school. I think that for me, career was important um, and jobs were important because um, of to be able to express and to take our talents and to do something with them in the world that would be worthwhile and meaningful, mm-hmm. or at least for me. Um, at the same time, though, as I was going through my life and understanding who I was and trying to figure out what my um, gender identity was, what my sexual orientation was, and how those things were swirling and relating, that very much shifted the types of jobs that I both wanted Mm -hmm. and then over time could hold. So for you growing up, Mm. you know, what did you learn about money, whether it was overt, the things that people said or covert, just what you observed in your household? Uh, 
growing up. I didn't realize this until like later. Um, you guys are getting up close and personal. I, I mean, I think that one of the things that I did not realize that I had learned was the association of money with fear. Hmm. That I think that my that almost pretty much all the adults that I grew up with had. And it was unspoken. They never said that. Hmm. Um, but it was even when, like, times were good, they were freaked out because they were like, oh, well, maybe... Waiting for the other shoe to drop. That's exactly right. And so that even when things were... When you're, you know, because every you know your parents have flush years or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Lean, the flush years or lean years. That even in the, you know, years where things were good, mm. there was, like, this underlying fear around money, yeah. right, that I didn't realize. So there was, like, this association with fear um, with it. And um, and also the, I mean, I grew up in Atlanta, and my family's black, and so... <laughs> You know, like, Atlanta's all about the flash a little bit. (laughs) So I also think that there was about the flash of it. But if I think about it, the flash of it is also about fear, right? Because you want to show that you're, like, prosperous and doing well and all these other things. So I think that I didn't didn't realize that 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 was one of the lessons that I was learning. But I think that there was... That there was a fear attached to the idea of money. It's so funny that my, you know, my mom was like, the, uh, along that side, she, the job that she loved the most that I had was my corporate job. <laughs> she was like, okay. I was like, well, that tracks, you know, because you're going to associate it with like fear, right? right? And security mm-hmm. and safety and Good all job. these, right? Good and all benefits. these things. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's even more when people say that, it sounds trite, but I really do think that what they're saying is about safety and security. Yeah. Uh, I would love for you to share because you, you mentioned a really impactful quote that um, was was shared, and I would love for you to read it for us. And it's around just you know money, making money, and how um, we can go from not allowing the things that have happened to our in our past to keep us from being able to progress. Would that be okay? Yeah. Quote, I think it's important to not let the past undermine what you think is possible in the future. There can be a lot of shame and having had to make hard choices leading to credit difficulties. The important thing is to remember that we can always make different choices in the future and put ourselves on a path to the financial future we want. You sound so fancy. Thank you. Oh, do I? Oh, okay. Perfect. It's good. Excellent. Um, I think that for me, that the core of that quote is a lot of times when we had to make those financial choices and there's been a ramification on on credit or on some, you fill in the blank, mm-hmm. something that you had that you lost or whatever, you know, there can be a lot of shame attached to that. And then that shame then becomes an overhang that influences every other decision that you make. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to become more focused on budgeting or increasing your credit score because it reminds you of the time when Mm. you had to wreck your credit score because of fill in the blank. A relative needed an emergency medical procedure or, you know, um, someone needed housing. And it takes you back to those moments. And I think that a part of the work of financial stability and liberation is for us to free ourselves from the overhang of any shame that we have attached to the difficult decisions we had to make in the past to mm-hmm. survive, you know, and to say, well, I can start now making different choices and mm-hmm. I can start doing that in really small ways. And those small ways will give you momentum to be able to scale and to do things um, bigger and better over time. And so I think that that's the thing that I I try to think about mm-hmm. um, 
There are times when my, like, credit cards were maxed out. You know, there are a lot of mm-hmm. not stuff that would ever make it into, like, you know, my Lifetime movie. Mm-hmm. But the whole point is that at some point, like, I had to make up mm-hmm. for not choosing me for a really long time. And there was going to be a cost associated with realigning. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to get really serious about, you know, getting my credit score mm-hmm. in a in a place. You know, I'm going to do really simple things like figure out how to put bills on auto pay and mm-hmm. like just all these things. And a part of that was me getting over the guilt of having made the hard choices that allowed me mm-hmm. to transition and to do all these other things, right? So I had to be like, okay, but that's what you had to do. Right. But today is today, and I'm doing today today, mm-hmm. and a part of me doing today are these things. So I think just, like, even the act of embracing that as a part of my journey and my story, and, you know, um, that is a that is something that I'm really proud of. I think that that's really significant. And one of the through lines that keeps coming back is that you've, it sounds like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, mm. had opportunities at different junctures in your life to choose yourself or to choose maybe what the world would. Accept. Right. And you've had, I'm sure there's been times where you felt like you, or you've decided right in that time that you, you would choose what would, would be accepted. But at some point in your life, you began choosing yourself and then you chose yourself more and more and more. And maybe, you know, as that wheel started turning, it just became more of your nature to continue to choose self to where that you're really kind of walking in what maybe feels like authenticity. Yeah. And, you know, purpose-driven, mission-driven. Um, and I think that that says something. I mean, I also think that, like, yes, I did I did choose myself, learn to choose myself. Mm-hmm. But this tension that we have is that, like, the society teaches us to be afraid, mm. right? Like, it teaches us to be afraid. There are very real things that are called bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's very real needs, like, having housing and these things. Like, we need these things to survive. So we can't, like, underestimate that. Mm-hmm. I'm not dismissing that. But I'm saying that one of the things that we are taught within that is to be driven by fear. Mm. And so therefore, a lot of times, like the need to make money is out of fear, right? right? And so what we're doing is attaching fear to the money. Do you understand what I mean? Oh, yeah. Instead of like attaching other positive things to the money. And that can be really, um, can be really burdensome. And for me, Mm -hmm. that was a terrible feeling. Ironically, a part of financial liberation, at least for me, is to detach like some of the emotion around Mm -hmm. that and to detach the fear and to detach the idea of worthiness from it. Um, And then changing my relationship with money, thinking of money as not about reward and punishment, but Mm. for me, it's much more like a resource. It's like water. Changing the way that I think about money as water, my whole thing that I think about is that overall, there's always enough water, Mm. right? So there's there's enough money in the world. Like, we don't live in a world where there's a shortage (laughs) of money, Right. right? Like water, sometimes it's dammed up in certain places. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's in a lake over here. um, And this place is dry. So then the whole place is like, how do I find what I need versus approaching a situation where there isn't? Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean? Like, how do I get the money? How do I get the water that I need to do what I need to do because it's there? Yeah, that's deep. You mentioned a lot of different parts of your life and Mm -hmm. how there have been some common themes. Mm. 
and what's kind of built you to the place that you're at now. Mm -hmm. Would love to kind of hear what you're focused on in this season and and what kind of builder you are moving forward as far as, you know, where you want to invest your time, your energy, your effort. I think I'm thinking most about trying to build things that last and stand the test of time. And that feels odd because we live in a society in a time which is about the exact opposite, mm -hmm. right? Everything is about the two minutes that are mm -hmm. gonna get the gazillion views and then next week everyone's gonna forget about it. But it's so it's a little strange. But I think that that really still is what matters to human beings, the things that endure. So I'm really trying to focus on that and I am trying to build my life in a more sustainable fashion and to have um, growth um, over time in every area that I can think about um, and to um, build things that last. I hope I'm a transformative builder. Ooh, that's good. I hope that that's what I end up doing. I think you're already doing it. What a beautiful way to wrap things up. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Self is hosted by me, Jacent Wamala. You can follow me on Instagram at Jacent's Gems for a regular dose of money mindset inspo. You know you want it, you know you need it, and I'm happy to provide. If you want to hear more from Amara, I know I do, you can check out the Translash podcast wherever you're listening to this show and visit translash.org to keep up with all of the incredibly transformative work her and her team are doing. For Self, Eileen Busing is Head of Communications and Brand. Annie Rue is Content Marketing Manager. And Alexandria Hatchett is Senior Compliance Manager. For ACAST Creative, Shante Howell is our Executive Producer. This episode was produced by Shante Howell, with podcast art and production support by Emma Spellacy. And for LWC Studios, Paulina Velasco is Managing Producer, with mixing and sound design by Judy Bell Kamungian.